Welcome to The Breakdown with INFB. We're your hosts, Garrett Kelly. And Heidi Gant. On today's episode, we're talking Christmas trees, and it should come as no surprise that here at Indiana Farm Bureau, we're Team Realtree. Regardless, we can all agree that Christmas tree farms provide a great atmosphere to get into the holiday spirit. And it's never too early to start thinking about the holidays, and we wanted to learn more about the process of growing Christmas trees and managing an agritourism business in Indiana. So today, we're talking to a couple different Christmas tree farmers. First up, Tom Dole owner of Dole's Tree Farm in Boone County. So welcome, Tom. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, and, and I'll just make one slight correction right off the bat here that I am one of the owners. Uh, my wife and my son and daughter-in-law, we all, we're all in this together. Family business. Love it. Well, Tom, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. Start with the family. How did Dole's Tree Farm come to fruition? And was Christmas tree farming something that maybe you've always had an idea of doing? Or, or where, where did it all start? When I was in uh, 4-H, some of my favorite projects were the, the forestry and wildlife projects and the, the thing the conservation, the things that had, had to do with the outdoors because I love being outside. And as a, as a part of that, I mean, I, I had 10-year 4-H program, went to Purdue with the idea that I was going to come back to the family farm, uh, which is what happened. But as, as a senior in college, I applied for the International 4-H Youth Exchange Program and was selected to go to the Netherlands for uh, a six-month stay. Unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, Carrie, my wife, uh, had applied for the same program at the University of Nebraska. And so that's where we actually met on our exchange program. And then easier to move school teachers than it is farmers. So she moved to Indiana, and we ended up getting married in 1982. In 1985, we planted our first Christmas trees. The economics of increasing the hog production facilities, which is what our plan was when I came home to the farm, uh, was just not very good with interest rates being 18 to 20 percent. And so we had to had to go to plan B. We knew that it would be a long term commitment, but we thought that there was an opportunity to grow some Christmas trees and maybe save enough money to put the kids through college. And that worked. And Christmas trees were never in anybody's mind. Um, and so we just, we just kind of fell into that and, and followed the, the success through the seasons. And here we are today. Seems like it was a good idea that paid off for you. So you, you mentioned that you grew up on a farm. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that and that upbringing? And maybe was there anything from that upbringing that you learned that helped in your now business of Christmas tree farming? You know, when I came home to the farm, we, we raised corn soybeans, wheat, cattle, hogs. Um, you know, we were a, a typical, if there is such a thing, uh, farm at that time. Um, and over the years, you know, as the, as the livestock facilities wore out, we, we opted not to repl replace them, uh, but just to exit the business. And besides that, you know, the Christmas trees were growing and taking more of our time. And, and we could see that, that there, were, there was some opportunity with Christmas trees. When we evaluated that situation, the trees smell better and they don't have to be fed twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we opted we opted to stick with the Christmas trees and, and grow that business. Fast forward a few years and our son, Lucas, went to Purdue. Uh, he came home uh, after his sophomore year and said, this is starting to look like a, a desk job. I don't want a desk job. 
uh, what would you think about changing my degree to ag engineering? And I said, it's your your call, your life. You have to make that decision. So he did that. And he said, well, we've got a ba good base with Christmas trees. Let's grow pumpkins. And so that's when the pumpkin business started. And that was, I believe, 10 years ago. Now we're up to the point where last year we entertained somewhere around 43,000 people for the pumpkin season. And and we sold something over 6,000 Christmas trees last year. Uh, so it's it's a business that has has grown and continues to grow. That's incredible. So let's let's talk about the process of actually growing a Christmas tree in Indiana. So what's the planting growth harvest timeline? And are there aspects of, I don't know, Indiana soils or Indiana's climate that make it ideal for growing Christmas trees? Well, the the trees that we planted when we first started were scotch pine and white pine because those were the normal popular Christmas trees at that time. Nowadays, we plant very few scotch pines, a handful of white pines, and the bulk of what we plant are canane fir trees because that's what people want. That's the market. So if we could grow Fraser fir trees, we would grow them, but they don't grow well in our climate, our soil. Um, the, we can grow with them. They don't grow the the quality of tree that we want to sell. Mm. Uh, so we don't we don't grow them when we can grow the others that, that look very nice. You know, Christmas trees are not, you just plant some in the spring and seven years later, you come back and cut them and, and sell them. That's a that's a fallacy that a lot of people think is is true. But there's something to do on the tree farm all year long. You know, we start planting in, in April and then we have to control the weeds around those trees because the weeds compete for the air and or the sunshine and the water and the nutrients in the soil. So we have to get rid of that competition competition and give the tree the, the best chance for survival that we can give it. Then we have to monitor for insect infestations and disease issues. And then in the summer, it's shearing time. And that's that's treating uh, every tree or or touching every tree with a shearing knife and we start that when they're about three years old and and then you have to do that to every tree every year when you're at our size and we've got 65 acres which equates to about 65,000 trees wow. that's a big that's a big summertime job well tom you already kind of touched on this you you mentioned your farm before you made the transition it's maybe more traditional what people think of indiana as row crops hogs cattle but you and your wife carrie have been involved with indiana farm bureau for a long time can you speak to why it's important for uh for you to advocate for agriculture specifically as a diversified farmer and, and running an agribusiness sure because nobody knows agriculture better than those people who are involved in it you know, we drink the water. We drink the water that's, that we farm on top of. We know as as farmers that the decisions that we make today are going to affect our great-great-grandkids. And so we don't want to do things that are going to put their future in danger. You know, it's a, there's a lot of people that say, well, I don't want to cut it down to tree because um, that's that's not a good thing to do is cut down the trees. We need the trees. Well, Christmas trees are a crop. They're just like planting a field of corn, only the difference being a field of corn you plant in the spring, you harvest in the fall. Mm -hmm. With a field of Christmas trees, we plant in the spring and we harvest in the winter seven or eight years later. 
And then when we cut one tree, we plant more trees. So it's a renewable resource. Uh, we have to get that in people's minds that the environmentally friendly choice of Christmas tree is the real tree because it is renewable. That plastic tree uh, that you you buy is not going to last forever. And, and at the end of its lifetime, it's going to go into the landfill. And who knows how many hundreds of years that tree is going to take up space in the landfill. The real tree will be uh, will degrade down and, and make uh, more soil and return itself to the earth. Tom, I know you had talked about starting um, the Christmas tree planting back in the 80s. You've been doing it a long time. Is there is there something that you have learned along the way that you maybe wish you knew when you first started? Absolutely. Uh, and that is that there are other people, other organizations out there that are doing the same thing we're trying to do. And so there's a network of, of other growers, not only in Indiana, but nationwide that have already been where we are, you know, that they've solved the problems that we're, we're facing. And so you'll, you'll find if you would go to the Christmas tree growers meetings, that we are a very sharing group and we want to help each other, uh, you know, we, we don't look at it as being compet- competitors. We look at our competition as the fake tree. And we need to do everything we can to, to educate our, the, the public about the differences in a, in a fake tree and a, and a real tree. When we first planted our trees, we didn't know about the Indiana Christmas Tree Growers Association. And then two or three years later, we heard about them. And we went to our first meeting and learned so much information there. And now we've been in the business long enough that there are, there are a lot of new growers who are coming to us for that same kind of information because we had the experience and, and we're willing to share it. And I can name several growers uh, over the years who, who have come to us for advice and they're now successful growers themselves. So it's, it's good to be able to pass along information that others were willing to share with us. Sounds like a great uh, community. So as a Christmas tree farmer, it seems like a lot of it would be for people, the experience of, of coming in and getting a tr- Christmas tree from the farm. So is that something you're conscious of or is that something you've uh, worked to build the experience on your farm? Can maybe kind of walk us through what happens when I show up. I'm looking for a Christmas tree at Dole's Tree Farm. Well, we've said for years that we don't sell Christmas tree. We sell the experience. Y- you know, the the memories that that families make when they're out there in the tree field working together to find their perfect tree it's it's an opportunity for them to bond and to have some some time together when the kids don't have their faces in their screens you know it's just a it's just a happy time a lot of a lot of happy memories are made in the christmas tree field most of our customers want to cut their own tree we do have uh, pre-cut trees available for them, uh, for those people that come, you know, right at dark or, you know, elderly people that don't want to go cut their tree. We'll, we'll send somebody out to the field to cut it for them, or they can get one off the pre-cut lot. Uh, but, you know, they, the experience coming to the farm, they, they know it's a fresh tree and they're going to they're gonna get a good quality product. We want to entertain the kids while they're here. So we want to introduce them to to animals. Uh, so we have a little petting zoo for them. And one of my goals in our old barn that was built in 1888 was to, to make it so the kids could go up in the hay mound and play just like they, 
just like I used to do on my grandpa's farm. And so, you know, we've, we've taken that educational opportunity uh, and, and try to, to educate folks while they're having fun. They don't know they're learning, but they are. I love that. So in talking about educating people, can you kind of give maybe a few tips for people in the actual care of their Christmas tree once they get that home this holiday season? You know, first of all, when when they come here and they they go out to the field, they cut their tree, they bring it up to us. Um, our guys will will uh, put a good handle on it. That's the part that goes down into the tree stand. We call that a handle. So they'll trim off any lower branches that need to be uh, trimmed off. Uh, and then we will shake that tree uh, because as the tree grows naturally, it sheds its oldest needles. So just because there are old dead needles caught in the branches of the tree doesn't mean that it's a, a dry dead tree. That's a natural progression of the tree. So we shake out those needles or as, at least as many of them as we can. And then we run it through the baler and the baler just ties that tree up in a, in a smaller package. So it's easier to get in the, in the uh, truck of the car or on top of the car or in the back of the truck. And then when they get it home, it's easier to carry through the door because all the branches are, are tied up. Uh, and then it's easier to put the tree stand on before you cut the, the netting off or the, or the twine off and, and let the tree open up. So the tree stand is the, the trick, uh, the first trick to keeping your tree fresh. You want to use a tree stand that has a, a good water holding capacity. If it's been more than three or four hours when you get the tree home, make a fresh cut on the bottom of the trunk. Um, and you don't have to take a lot off. A half inch uh, is plenty. You're just opening up those pores that have sealed off uh, since you cut the tree, especially if you buy a tree off of a, a lot or someplace like that, you, you have to cut that to make that fresh cut. And then keep that tree stand full of water. Don't let it run down. If the tree stand runs down below the level of the cut on the tree, then that sap will come down and seal that off. And you can add more water, but the tree won't take it up because it's sealed itself off. It may not start drinking right away. It may take three or four days for it to start drinking, but then it'll drink. And then eventually it will slow down drinking, you know, but by that time it should last until Christmas. Uh, don't put it in front of a south facing window where the sun can come through the window and, and uh, beat on it. Um, keep it away from the fireplace for obvious uh, safety reasons, as well as just the, the heat from the fire will dry it out. Yeah, those are things that you can do to extend the life of your tree. Awesome. Um, so, Tom, last question for you here. We're we're at early November. So what what's go, kind of going on the last couple of months here of the year at Dole's Tree Farm? And, and where can people go to learn more about you? Well, we have just closed our pumpkin season. Now we now the, the work really starts because we've been madly trying to put away the, the pumpkin season stuff and transition to Christmas trees. You know, we've got about a, a three-week period here where we're working madly trying to, to make that transition. And, and one of the things we have, we make our own apple cider donuts that we sell in, in both seasons, Christmas trees and pumpkins. And, you know, we have food service here and uh, it's, it's just a, a bustling place for two or three weeks of Christmas tree season. And, and I wish I had kept track of how many people tell me, oh, this is the hallmark farm of Christmas trees. 
<laughs> you know, they just they just like uh, like our atmosphere. Our farmstead is based in 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 the mid 1800s. So we've got a couple of log cabins on the farm and some old barns, and so it's just a quaint and an old fashioned feel when you come come to our farm. So where can people come and come and kind of schedule things and where do they visit to learn more? Our website is uh, dollstreefarm.com, D-U-L-L-S treefarm.com. And I do want to leave you with one one last uh, thing. Our, our Christmas tree farm slogan, and we've came up with this a long, long time ago, but it's served us well for lots of years, is this. Brighten up your Christmas with a real dull tree. <laughs> Amazing. That's great. Yeah, with with a last name like that, you got to use it somehow. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Tom. And we wish you a very successful Christmas tree season. And we look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Garrett. It's been, a, been my pleasure. Thanks, Tom. At Indiana Farm Bureau, we care for our members. So when we learned many of them couldn't afford health care coverage, we had to act. The result is Indiana Farm Bureau Health Plans, an affordable, reliable, and service-focused approach to health care coverage. All Indiana Farm Bureau members are eligible to apply. And plans even offer Medicare supplements and dental and vision coverage in addition to medical. Learn how Indiana Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you care for your family at infbhealthplans.com. And now we're joined by TJ and Shauna Zeiser, owners of Z and C Farms in Miami County. So welcome, TJ and Shauna. Thank, Thank you. you. So tell us a little bit about Z and C Farms. How long have you all been in business and, and what can people expect when they come visit you guys? Yeah, so uh, we are a newer tree farm. We established in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 2019 we started. So we're a first generation tree farm. Um producing fir trees, uh, mostly cane and firs. Uh, we do do some potted trees also. So currently, you know, in, in the tree, tree growing business is a, uh, that all the farmers say is a 10 years in and 10 years out business. So currently we have three and four foot trees. Uh, they're still growing. Um, hopefully they keep growing. So three, <laughs> three and four foot trees. Uh, we look to have uh, be able to cut out of our fields in, in about four years is our, is our goal right now. We're not going to be big, about five acres is what we're looking at total. So about 5,000 trees is what we'll be, we'll be producing. Uh, so about 500 a year over a 10 year period. We do still bring retail trees in from Michigan right now because we're trying to establish some clientele and get the name of the farm out. Um, Shauna does some Christmas pots, I guess. Mm -hmm. Reese, some things we make here, some things we bring in. A uh, small gift shop on the farm, and we try to make it like a family event. So we do like we have barrel cart rides, we have a hot chocolate barn. Um, we sell the pre-cuts, we give tours to the farm. Again, we're small. It's just family and fellowship, really. That is our goal. That's our personalities. If you know us um, and you come out to the farm, you're going to get to know us and our families. Tell us a little bit about how this all got started. Was Christmas tree farming something that was always on your radar? Did you guys grow up in agriculture or did either of you grow up on farms? Yeah, so I grew up uh, in southern Indiana and I worked on a Christmas tree farm growing up, probably from the time I was 12 until I got on my current job now. Um, and so when I moved up here, obviously didn't do anything with trees and spent you know just 15 years up here building life and with family. Well, then we were blessed enough to, to end up coming upon 40 acres property we bought 
And it's like, what do we do? So Shauna, uh, she wasn't, didn't grow up on a farm or anything like that. There's a lot of jokes because uh, she says she's not a farmer. And I'm like, you are a farmer. You're just a tree farmer. So we always joke back and forth about it. But um, yeah, so that's really how we got started is we have a small plot of land. We don't have, I, I like outdoors, country, you know, farming. Um, but in today's world in the farming community, as we all know, if you don't have thousands of acres, you can't make a living really. Um, so therefore for us, we had to find a different type of farming, um, which is tree farming for us. So it's kind of where we're at right now. Well, Shauna, I mean, you, you jointly made the decision to do it. So what sold you on? Uh, so I, I knew when we got married, I mean, TJ grew up working on a tree farm. I knew this at the time. I did not know it was his dream <laughs> to start a tree farm. Um, but once he started playing around with the idea and just what he wanted to build, I did agree. Um, the, the funny thing is also, like I said, he always wanted to do the tree farm, but when I started, we started this and I would go to like meetings and getting the loans, you know, everybody would be like, so what is your background? And they would always get to me. And then everybody would laugh because I have zero. I was not in 4-H. I did not have that background. Um, but here we are and we're doing our best to, you know, build a business. So, yeah, but honestly, I think that's the thing about farming is what makes you successful is the passion about it. Cause it's not an easy job and it's very labor intensive. So I think you guys would probably agree um, that it's not something you just get into to get rich. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no. And I, and I would say when we started this, the farming community and the people in this community that were supportive has been amazing. I, I mean, even me not having any background, I mean, they were so helpful and it continues to be like that. So it's, it's great. Like the, uh, the amount of people from the community that just come to the farm is great. So Shauna is a director of a preschool at um, McGrawsville Community Church. So, and I actually work for the state police. So we're in the community a lot. Uh, and, and like I said, the us community is super important. And, and it's amazing at Christmas time, even with just people that come, they don't, they don't kind of buy a tree. Uh, I mean, they, we sell plenty of trees, but you know, they, they just come to see the to see the farm and visit with everybody. And, and um, so we always have campfires going uh, for people to sit around and join. You know, we've had people here doing caroling in the past. Yeah, I love that. One thing that you had uh, touched on earlier that I think is interesting, especially as a newer grower, something to bring people to your farm is buying those trees from somewhere else and bringing them in. What's that process look like um, in supplementing until you guys are able to start actually cutting down your own trees? Yeah. So like I said, some things uh, we make ourselves and some things we bring in. Trees we bring in. Uh, we bring them in from a needle fast tree farm in Michigan. So it was and back in 2019, we got started. Uh, we went to a Christmas tree convention in Michigan. So uh, we get there and uh, we we meet this uh, Ben and and his dad and they've got this farm in Michigan and we start talking to them. They raise like 800 acres of trees. So I'm like, Hey guys, you know, I we're start trying to start building this business, you know, but it's a real bad time for Christmas trees across the nation. Like years ago, a lot of farms, small farms went out of business and the supply is not great right now, especially for eight to 10 foot trees or bigger. Um, at that time it was the same. I'm like, I want to start establishing some by selling some retail trees. Will you sell me some retail, you know, some resale trees? trees so we can get them on the farm and they're like no we don't have any trees so i did what every 
guy does, I begged. And uh, eventually we got some trees. It worked out well. Uh, so, and we've been really dealing with them most exclusively since. Mm-hmm. So we've got one other supplier we use. Um, we bring in, they're all Fraser fir trees and, and we bring them in. And again, we set them up as farm to give people, it's a retail lot with the real tr- tree experience, if that makes sense, until our trees are big. So, and again, we're always trying to promote the farm tours, uh, whatever people want to see, telling them about our passion and, and where we're at and our family and so on. You mentioned this conference and, and kind of support from other farmers and kind of in the next few years, while this first batch of trees are growing, where do you see the business going in that period of time? And, and what do you hope to accomplish then as you are building this brand and, and get to that next point? What is that? Yeah, I don't know. We really know. So we're in that stage of life where, our, um, you know, I'm probably 10 years from retirement from my job. Um, our kids are at that, you know, my, our youngest is 13 and our oldest is 18. So it's really hard to see what tomorrow looks like right now. But again, the thing about the tree business is it's, it's 10 years in. So um, in order to get it started, we had to kind of start in a crazy time of life. So I, so we don't really know what it looks like in the future. You know, we just want to do it together. I mean, that's a big thing is as long as we're doing it together, hopefully our family's mm-hmm. uh, involved long term. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to see what the future of it looks like. Yeah. And I think we're just excited when we actually have trees, you know, <laughs> again, us opening early was like TJ said, the point of getting clientele and building that you know, it's been cool to see people coming now to support us, even the ones that don't have trees, but they're waiting for the choose and cut opportunity. And and I think once our trees are ready and um, everybody asks every year, it'll just be, it'll just be cool to see that evolve and be able to get in our fields and actually, you know, take the tractor back there and, and start seeing the business grow. Right. So important question. What is your favorite kind of Christmas tree. Like what, what Christmas tree do you have in your house? So we have the Fraser first. That is our favorite. Um, again, that's what we grow and what made us fall in love with real Christmas trees. Okay. Additionally, important question. Where do people go to learn more about you? If they're not from the area, they don't know about you yet. Do you have a website? Where can they learn more? Yep. So we have a Facebook page, uh, ZNC farms, also Instagram, which we are trying to grow. Um, but as of now, those are the two places that you can find us. Um, we post all of our hours on there. Um, since we are, you know, still just bringing in our pre-cuts once they're out, then we close. So, you know, we're, we're different from other tree farms are open all season long. You do need to stay, um, just in touch with our Facebook page to see what our hours, cause they vary. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys for coming on. We appreciate it. And hopefully uh, people around the Miami County area will come visit you guys this season. And it sounds like it's a really great experience that you guys have. I, we wish you all the best. Thank hey. you guys so much. Yeah, thank we you. appreciate it. Next month, join us for a conversation about ag tech and get a sneak preview of what's to come at the 2023 INFB State Convention.